Hey, Magic fans. Today, we have a great episode of the Down the Road podcast featuring General Manager Kevin Tiller and Assistant General Manager Trent Pennington of the Osceola Magic. We talk about their careers and how they got to their points and also being scouts for the Orlando Magic. Also, Magic fans, do not forget to check out our home opener on Thursday, November 16th at the Osceola Heritage Park at Silver Spurs Arena as the Osceola Magic take on the Texas Legends. The first 1,000 fans in attendance will receive a replica Osceola Magic jersey and all fans will receive free parking courtesy of Advent Health. And on Friday, November 17th, the Osceola Magic will take on the Memphis Hustle at home for Military Appreciation Night. The first 1,000 fans in attendance will receive a military-themed Osceola Magic hat, courtesy of Crush Brow Park. Hey, Magic fans, this is Matt McClung of the Osceola Magic. This is Brandon Williams. This is DJ Wilson. This is Admiral Schofield. This is Troubling Queen of the Osceola Magic, and you're listening to the Down the Road Podcast. All right, here we are with the... Down the Road Podcast for the season of 2023-24 Osceola Magic. We have our returning GMs, Kevin Tiller and Trent Pennington, assistant GM. Thank you guys for coming here today. It's a lot of fun to get to see you. I know we see each other a lot throughout the offseason, but now that it's in, we get to do the fun things like this and kind of get to see the team fold out and see how things are going to go. How are you guys doing today? Good, good. Thank you for having it. Doing awesome. Cam just ended, so... Yeah, you, you made all the hard decisions already, right? Yeah, he did. <laughs> so that what, that way, when any players that were at training camp saw it, they could blame Kevin, not Trent. But, but that's the point of it. All right, so today we're going to meet our GMs, talk about it a little bit. So what was your first role that you did that kind of led into any kind of B-Ops? Not necessarily with Orlando, but Kevin, you want to tell us what you first did? How, how did you find yourself in this world? Um... Probably started when, so I was a two-sport athlete um, in college, and that kind of started, obviously, the love of the sport, but then I kind of transitioned to off the court. Um, I did broadcasting, cameraman, um, for, like, other sports while I was in college. Probably the biggest turning point that's not even, back, you know, sports-related is I worked for Disney, and that kind of really opened my eyes to everything, and then from there on, you know, very cool. So what did you do at Disney? Uh, so I helped out in the parks and the hotels, characters, like everything. And then I took, <laughs> then I took classes, um, while I was there. So I was able to understand the business of the big business. And that for me kind of opened my eyes to like what can actually be, you know, happen. And, um, you know, Disney's super inspirational. So it yeah. inspired me to kind of dream big. Is it true on day one that you asked if you could speak to Bob Iger? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. So not knowing kind of the rules of the hierarchy, kind of being naive to it. Coming from a small school, so first day we have class. And I remember being super ambitious. I uh, called like his main number. And I said, hey, can I, I want to meet with Bob Iger. Can you please set up a meeting? And the lady's like, excuse me? And I was like, yeah, whenever he gets the opportunity, can I meet with him? Uh, the next day in class, uh, my teacher after the class, she says, hey, Kevin, I need to speak with you. And she's like, uh, please don't ever do that again, what you did with asking for Bob Iger. And she's like, I, I like what you, your thought process, but don't ever do that again. So from there on, I learned hierarchy and, and what it means to kind of play a lot. All right. Well, I mean, I think that's part of what takes people to get into these roles or people that would ask these questions that are out of the ordinary. They kind of want to do wild things to say, why can't I speak to the CEO of Disney? 
Yeah, I, th- I think that's really admirable and cool, Kevin. But that's, that speaks to the person that you are, though. So I feel as if anyone in the organization were to ever say, it doesn't matter if they're a part-time employee or anything, would say, hey, can I speak to Kevin? And I would, I would feel comfortable saying, yeah, of course, I'll go ahead and see if I can link something up for you. So what about you, Trent? How did you fall into this world? Yeah, I think um, unlike Kevin and a lot of other people in this industry, um, did not play college athletics. Um, from a small town in Indiana, and I was in college as a sophomore, uh, needed to get an internship credit, so started interning for this small nonprofit uh, called Distinction, and it's uh, pretty much a basketball camp uh, during the summer aimed to promote character and faith, and so thought I was just going to be there for a semester, get my credit, check the box, uh, but ended up staying there for pretty much the duration of my undergrad, and um, met a big mentor of mine in Luke Zeller. And um, he kind of taught me, you know, the importance of investing in others. Um, he kind of let me lead our internship groups. He, he brought me on full time. Um, and I kind of developed this passion of, of helping people um, personally and kind of away from their work. And for us, like off the court here. Um, and that's kind of what led me, you know, I guess down this path and ultimately to meeting KT. And, and here we are. So how did you land your internship with the Pacers? What was that about? Because I think that's the biggest turning point for you where maybe the NBA seems like a reality because until you actually step foot into a building, I feel like for everybody, you know, including yourself, including Kevin, it seems like a pipe dream until you have that opportunity. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I um, Actually, before that internship with the Pacers, I, I thought I wanted to be an agent. Um, I thought that helping players off the court meant, meant being an agent. And, um, you know, I explored that that route. It wasn't for me. Um, you know, applied for the Pacer position, um, was very blessed to get it. And that was, you know, my first time being on the team side of things and really enjoyed it and, and just kind of took it and ran with it. That's awesome. Yeah. And what about, and what about you, Kevin? How did you get your first MBA experience? Well, I started as an intern here back in 2016. Um, and I was, I was able to get the internship. It started off as a phone call. Um, I was used to write letters. I used to write um, every day, like 20, 25 letters to college coaches, athletic directors. Scouts, so you write it by hand, not type it? No, write it by hand. And I, put it in a little mess. I was a GA at the time at VCU. I used to write them every day. And genuinely, genuinely just asking them to know what people's jobs were, you know, not to ask for a job. And Stephen Murris received my letter. And he called me and we had a conversation and he invited me, um, like at the conversation, he kind of asked me, do I have interest in being in the, in the NBA? And at the time I was working with, with um, as a GA, I just got promoted to being like a special assistant to the head coach. And so for me, I was comfortable. I was at BCU, I'm from Richmond. I got my first apartment. I'm like 24. You're, I was, you're making it in life, right? So I was like, I'm mad. Yeah. So I told don't him, have to ask Dan for gas money anymore. <laughs> so I told him on the floor and I said, I'm good. I, I, I actually, not interested in coming, you know, honestly. And he just kind of basically kind of like, hey, well, at least like let's stay in contact. Maybe you can come down. Make a long story short, he invites me to his uh, summer league that was here in Orlando at the time. And I was working, we were working practice. Ironically, we ended up having the weekend off, which we never do for basketball practice at VCU. So I called my best friend and him and I drove 15 hours down to meet with Stephen Mervis for uh, probably 16 minutes, and then I drove back the next day to uh, make it a practice top. So wow. from that point on, I was able to earn an internship um, and then been here for the most part ever since. Trent, is Kevin that type of person still today? 
Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you know, that, I think that's why we work so well together. You know, KT's uh let's go get it. Let's do it. Um, I'm a little more laid back. So it's a, it's a very good partnership. So let's talk about your first roles that you did with the Magic then, because Trent, you're entering your, is it your sixth season with the team? Uh, yes. Sixth season with the team. How many years has it been for you, KT? Seventh. Okay. So you guys both around the same time, both start off with Lakeland, correct? Or did you start off with Orlando? Started for All right. So what was your first thing you did with Orlando? So I was an intern. So basically found out paperwork, credentials, like the old cliche, kind of like doing the behind the scenes groundwork. Um, but obviously I was able to be around great people that kind of instilled in me um, and helped build me up to the point where I'm at now. It's awesome. And what about you, Trent? Yeah, my first role was, uh, I think the official title was basketball operations associate. So pretty much intern. Um, actually, you know, my story of getting here really, you know, involves KT. Oh, all right. I didn't know I, each other prior. Yeah, well, we, we did it really. Uh, <laughs> when I was with the Pacers, they they gave us this list of, of all the former interns that had come through the program and where they were currently at. And to me, that list was like gold, right? Like I'm, you know, like KT was writing letters to everybody. I was like, I'm going to reach out to everybody on here. And um, Steven Mervis, who KT referenced earlier, happened to be a former um, Pacer employee. And um, at that same time, I was trying to reach out to random people on LinkedIn, um, sending them emails and that worked in player development for NBA teams. And that was, you know, Kevin's position with the Magic was in player development. So I always give KT a hard time because he never, you know, initially got back to me. Um, <laughs> but but you know, not like Kevin. Yeah, no. Kevin usually gets back yeah. to everybody. But, you know, his, his inbox is flooded. But um, I actually asked Steven, I was like, hey, I'm trying to get a hold of this Kevin guy. He's like, oh, you know, I'll make sure he gets back to you. So um, KT and I got on the phone. I think it was like in the middle of summer. And um, we just started chopping it up. Like we didn't we didn't talk about jobs or, you know, what we did and didn't have, it was just talking about the industry. And um, a few months later, a position in Lakeland opened up. I had no idea um, that I'd be moving to Lakeland, Florida to essentially be a team manager, you know, is what I like to tell people. So my first gig was doing the laundry, driving. <laughs> um, I was about to say, it doesn't seem as glamorous. I think a lot of people don't realize the hard work that you have to put in when you, especially in the basketball operations side, when you come in, you start off at the very bottom of the totem pole not a lot of pay and you come in and probably take some kind of pay cut, even if you're working at McDonald's and now you're doing any kind of B ops role, but you're there, you're cleaning up all the sweaty towels from the players at the end of the night, throwing it in the washing machine, and then hoping that one day all of your hard work and time that you build will eventually bring you up to the positions that you guys are at now. So it speaks to the high character of the person that it truly takes to become a GM of even a G league team let alone an NBA team. I mean, my story isn't too far off of yours. I just really started talking to Trent at, at a game one day. And, <laughs> and and I saw him. I don't know if he's told you the story, Katie. I was sitting by a guy's preseason game, and uh, I, I kind of wanted to get into basketball. Not even kind of, I did. I already went to school for it, and and I met Trent. He was a little bit younger than me, and I go, wow. I would have just done a little, few things a little bit different in life. <laughs> I'm like, this young kid right here, a young kid that's two years younger than me. <laughs> Young kid, um, you know, doing it. And you're a little bit younger than me, KT, but you know, <laughs> uh, it, it was awesome though getting to speak to you guys. And uh, yeah, very much we're all kind of the same people. We're people that just enjoy talking to others and trying to see, you know, what where those relationships can lead to. And then also having relationships beyond basketball. I, 
My relationship with Kevin, I think, is a little bit stronger than it is with Trent because Kevin picks up on the first phone call ring. <laughs> Trent takes two to three. So that... <laughs> I, I called Kevin the other night, and it was in one ring, and I and I wanted to say, Kevin, you know, you're a real one right there. It took one ring. One ring to get to GF. That's all it took was him to say, hey, Comrade, how you doing? Trent takes about two to three rings. He has to contemplate, do I want to talk to Comrade today? What's he going to ask me? <laughs> <laughs> No, we're all just having fun. But so if someone wanted to come up and try and take this route, what would your best advice be for them? Because I think that's a question a lot of people have. And and everybody's route is completely different. And no matter who it is in the NBA, I'm sure if you were to talk to John Hammond about his route, and if you talk to Anthony Parker, none of us were in the NBA, right? No, you didn't, you didn't play in the NBA. You didn't have Pelham. <laughs> 10 years there, but there's a lot of players that do play in the NBA for 10 years and never get the opportunities in AP, you know, GM at Lakeland, all the way to GM in Orlando, which is wild just to even fathom that he made that crazy career change and jump like that. So what what advice would you give someone that wants to get into it? Or what, what success or keys would you like to know that you didn't know when you're younger and you're kind of glowing and blind? Because I don't believe any of us have any kind of NBA lineage in us, right? No one's working. Yeah, between the three of us, no one's worked in the league in our family. So what would you say, Kevin? Um, I guess generally speaking, I would say, so I kind of like, obviously get that question asked a lot. And I would say first is have basketball experience. It doesn't have to be um, NBA or high level D1, just some level of basketball experience that you can speak to in a job interview. And I would say two, uh, building authentic relationships with the person that you're seeking to get hired by. A lot of people will reach out and they'll directly ask, like, I want a job. Can I get a job? And obviously these jobs are very difficult to obtain. Yeah. Um, and recommendations are very important. And so uh, I tell everybody who does who does that to me, I say, build a relationship with me because we want to know if you can work with someone. This is bigger than... I'm a great scout. I know talent. I'm a great coach. It's like, do I want to work with you every day? Can I trust you day to day? Because a lot of things happen in professional sports that you want to be able to work with people that you trust. So I encourage anyone that wants to be in this position to build authentic relationships. And that's one thing Trent and I built prior to him being hired was he reached out to me and I got to know him. We had several conversations about life and we kind of identified same kind of um, ideals that we believed in. Cool. And I remember him saying he could speak to a little bit more cleaner, but he was ending one internship. Usually that's around the time when, you know, somebody would ask, hey, can I, you know, you got any jobs? Let me know. He didn't. He said he's going to work for a high school AU team, I believe. Yeah, it's pretty much, yeah. And I was like, man, I've been talking to this dude for several months. His internship's ending and we built a good relationship and he hasn't not once asked me for a job. Yeah. So from that point on, I recommended him too. Uh, Anthony Parker and Attitude Jazz Dipe. And fortunately, they believed in my recommendation and here he is today. So obviously all the credits to him we're getting to this point, but it's an example of him just like focusing on building a relationship. Yeah. You know, this is what happens as as a result of. And then what would you give, Trent? And just a similar advice? Yeah, I think I think that question is the, the most asked question. Yeah. Like Kate Four said, I think, I always tell people, kind of similar to what KT said, don't, don't be afraid to just take the next step whatever it looks like if it's basketball absolutely that's a plus um but i think a lot of people are so focused on if i don't get you know x position or you know x internship or this opportunity then i'm, I'm not on the right track um you know for me like i said i was working for a nonprofit 
it, you know, doing basketball camps. Uh, I wasn't at a high level division one school. Yeah. It wasn't. Um, and so, you know, you, you form these authentic relationships like KT talked about, and that's really kind of what carries you, you know, pretty far in this industry. Obviously you have to be good at your job, but, um, I would say that's what I would, I would tell people. Wow. That's great advice. I mean, for me, yeah, it was a little bit different. I, I definitely did some, uh, reporting like KT over at random high schools. I'm sure that we're all around you do video work or sports that you don't even know sometimes the rules to, and you try and pop in for that. And then I coached middle school basketball as well. Uh, helped out with high school basketball and just, yeah, never know where it's going to end up leading and just uh, being able to make yourself available for anything. And when that opportunity does come, but with this job that you guys have, it is grueling. So thank you for making the time that you've made today because I know that there is not a lot of time in your day available. What are some of the sacrifices you've had to make while doing this? Like real true sacrifices, not obviously, oh, I lose some sleep at night, but there, there's real sacrifices. You're moving across the country, especially when you're coming in at a very low level with BOPS, as nothing is guaranteed ever. So what are some sacrifices you've made, Kevin? I think you just hit on it. I think making, obviously, financial sacrifices, being away from your family, um, and it's just like this, it's never ending. It's every day, all day. Um, but as, as much as I can talk about the sacrifices, I've just been, him and I both have been blessed by the Lord. Uh, and I think that's one of the things we kind of speak about within our team is uh, how much the Lord blesses us with the sacrifices we, we've had to make. Um, but at the same time, we've also been very fortunate through God to be able to be in these positions as well. It's awesome. And then Trent, I know you're married, so I, that that, may, that makes it a little bit different. <laughs> I mean, it does. It makes it different. I think Kevin's, Kevin's uh, <laughs> best advice he gives me every day is stay married. <laughs> so, you know, when I'm when I want to stay up till 11 p.m. And, and try to do something, you know, KT kind of keeps me grounded in that. So, yeah, it's definitely a sacrifice, you know, being away from her, um, being away from family in general, you know, being on the road a lot. But, you know, there is sacrifice, but, you know, you sacrifice things because, you know, you like what you're doing. Uh, you believe in the impact you're having. And, um, yeah. Do you guys ever have time to do anything outside of magic basketball? In my head, you guys are best friends. I don't know what happens in your real lifetime. But do you guys ever hang out and not talk about the team? Like, do you ever just get a chance to, you two, to do something that is not magic basketball related? Yeah, I, we do a lot. I think, and I think that's what makes um, makes it different. You know, is being able to turn that switch off and just talk about life, right? Like, KT's not just my boss or the GM. You know, he's he's Kevin Tiller. He's a mentor and a friend. So, um, we try to do that with all of our staff, right? Yeah, um, coaches, trainers, and players too. Very cool. What, what is something you guys have done together that's not magic basketball related? When it's, there's no basketball involved, I'm, I'm sure it's pretty much impossible because even when I hang out with my friends, I somehow get brought into basketball. But what is what's something you guys have done together? What's what's a fun thing? Are you guys going golfing together? Out, I mean, we're we're in Central Florida, where it's the golfing capital. Or, or are you terrible golfers like I am? Uh, pretty bad. Trying to get King to the play. I'm not a golfer, but we've we've done simple things like the other night last week. I think it was. Chin ordered a pizza. We sat on his uh his back through backyard and we sat on the couch, no TV, just had a pizza, um, a glass of water, and you know, we just you know Was that because Trent locked the keys inside of his house again so he couldn't get in there? <laughs> <laughs> Is that why you guys were outside? <laughs> you had to be there, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh gosh. Uh, so with that being said, like we said, it, it takes up so much time of your day. So it takes up a bunch of mine. It takes up all of our staff and I don't have to sign players. I don't have to let players go. I don't have to scout players like you guys do. How do you allocate that time? Because my inbox, I feel like is flooded. I come in almost every day with a hundred emails. I feel like, and I'm sure your guys is a similar, probably more. Uh, how do you decide to allocate your time? Just because like I said, there's only so much in a day. You have a wife, got to stay married. I have a wife. I got to stay married. Kevin, I'm sure has many things he's very passionate about, and he's got to stay towards that too. So how, how do you allocate your time? Be honest with you, that's a balance that I'm just continuing to learn, even as of today. Um, I think reminding yourself that these jobs are obviously important and you want to do uh, a good job at them um, and make an impact. But you have to have something outside of this that'll keep you well-rounded, that'll make this even more enjoyable. Because too much of anything, obviously, is is not healthy. And so for me, I've learned to start exercising. I like museums. I like to walk. Uh, enjoy a Bible study group. Um, being more attentional with conversations with friends. Uh, just trying to find different things outside of the game of basketball that take my mind away from it. And so I've been super attentional about it now. Um, but in my 20s, I was the worst. The worst at it. Um, so that's something I've been super attentive about. What are some things you enjoy outside of basketball? You said the exercise, but like, do you have a main hobby you do outside of basketball? I like to read. Read. I like right. to read, and I'm a big walker. Everybody in the office knows I love to walk, so I'll walk three, four, five miles a day. Okay. Yeah, so I, I love to walk and think. Um, now say I've gotten into, uh, like, museums, just different things. I'm always asking my friends to challenge me to do things. I want to rock climb. You know, this I know there's a rock climbing. Uh, this is a it's facility right around here. Yeah, I want to try that. Um, so basically, I'm open to and anybody listening. Any suggestions? <laughs> That's in Orlando. If anybody wants to hang out with Kevin Tiller, just comment on the bottom of his post. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Troy? What, what do you like doing outside of basketball? Because I mean, I know we get to talk all the time, but I don't know if we ever actually talk about these things. And, and it's a fun excuse to. Um, for me, I, I really like, I was telling KT this a few days ago, I love coffee shops. Like I love just to, the vibe you get in coffee shops, going and getting a nice cup of coffee. Uh, the atmosphere is relaxing. Right. Um, my wife and I, we, we love watching shows together. Um, I'm not going to talk about what shows we watch. <laughs> she gets to pick the majority of those. Okay. Um, but I'm a good, I'm a good husband and just sit there and laugh. Um, so yeah, I would say going to coffee shops. I like to travel. Um, my family. You know, they're back in Indiana, have a little nephew in Dallas. Um, so we all like to hang out when we can. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's awesome. I think for me, uh, uh, you guys know about how much I love exercising. So I try to do that every day. You see it on my social medias. But the thing I like doing outside of that, you guys always comment about it. It's not like I'm just trying to make a plug there. Both of you guys tell me each time. But uh, I like gardening a lot. So I have a nice garden in my backyard. It's kind of how I roll with it. I'm a pizza connoisseur. And then try to take my wife out at least you know once every week on just something so it's not magic Good basketball man. in her life as well as i'm sure your wife deals with magic basketball non-stop <laughs> so you said you like travel this gives us a good time to talk about it both of you guys are scouts for the orlando magic so not only are you doing your gm roles you are also scouting so i imagine that takes even more time out of your week during the season how often are you guys gone scouting I would say in total at 365, I think probably I would say 250. 250. Yeah, I don't, I don't have an accurate guess like that, but it's a lot. 
Good. So what does a what does a typical day look like when you guys are scouting? What do you do when you go to town? I know Trent goes to a coffee shop right as soon as you get to the town. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> I when you said coffee shop, I knew that meant you you like the coffee shop because you like to work at the yep. coffee shop. Trent doesn't turn off, I've learned from this. So, Kevin, what do you do when you roll into town and you're getting ready to scout a player and you're in a, you're in a random city across the country? So if I get there in the morning, I have to find a diner. I try to find a local diner. Um, so I'll eat breakfast. I used to get scrambled eggs, bacon, pancakes, coffee, or water with lemon. Um, the same. Hey, anything else? <laughs> and, uh, and then I will... Head back to the hotel, kind of get myself together, go to the notes, then try to get to the game a couple hours earlier. Um, after I watch the game, um, I always try to find a raisin canes. Usually when I previously the sauce is really good at raisin canes. I'm a big really good. I'm a big so I get those, and I always get cookies. Usually I'm in college town, so I make cookies big. So three uh, sugar cookies, pretty pretty standard for me. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Back when I used to tour on my rider, it was always I needed milk and cookies. That was my cocktail at night. And so everybody else does their crazy things, and I would just drink milky cookies, and that would be me, and I'd be done. Why well, eat cookies every night? <laughs> I I do too. That's why I have to run for a because otherwise I'm not going to be looking anywhere near as okay as I'm looking right now. <laughs> and then what about you, Trent? Outside of going to the coffee shops, what else are you doing when you're going in town? No, I like to. I spend a lot. I mean. I don't know any other way to put it. I spend a lot of my time at the local coffee shop. You know, I'll do some research before I get into town. You know, if I'm going to... So what's your standard coffee order? Let's, let's go with it. It, it varies, you know. Um, might be a nice little cappuccino if I'm feeling something a little sweeter. Um, you know, or just a straight black, you know, pour over, Americano, something like that. But I will research like every city before I go there, like top coffee shops, you know, around. Um, usually get to the hotel, put my bags down, walk over, um, do some work there and then, you know, kind of prep for the game, you know, make sure I have all my notes in order, um, head to the game. And then afterwards, um, I like to take early flights. So I tend to, you know, get to bed earlier and, and get on the road early. So which is like your city, when you see that you've been assigned to this city, when, when the higher ups in Orlando tell you, Trent, you're going to this city and you go, yes, I love this coffee shop. Which city uh, is that one? I'm, I'm not on that level yet with the shops. Like, I think I think for me, um, it's it's more based on you know where my family and friends are. So okay, yeah, I have family in Indiana, uh, Dallas, and then uh, you know friends in D.C. So places I get excited about places I you know have have important people at. All right, now when it comes to scouting, I I don't know all the responsibilities that are involved in it, and I'm sure each person looks for a few different things, but. Is there any pieces that are nerve-wracking about it? Because you have to send, obviously, these reports back to who your bosses are, and they listen to you, and, and you hope that you, the person that you're telling them about succeeds. Otherwise, do you ever get nervous that it's not going to be what you anticipated for that player when, say, I don't know who looks at your stuff, even if it's Jeff Waltman, whoever it is, and the player doesn't come out to what they thought it would be? Does it almost seem like a... Or does, or does that just happen for everybody or or what are the feelings behind that? Is there any kind of nervousness that goes in there? Uh, yeah, there's nervous. It, you know, it's, we're, we're fortunate. Um, Jack Lopeman, obviously our president, um, he is uniquely gifted in how like smart he is with scouting. Um, so his presence and what he teaches us and when he talks about what he sees has allowed myself to kind of be able to see the game differently and see players differently. Is there a level of nervousness? 
Yeah, I would say there's a level of nervous because you want to be right, but you kind of try to do your homework prior. Yeah. You kind of try to like watch and watch and watch. And then at some point, you just have to trust your gut. And I think um, as a scout, you do the homework, you watch the game, you analyze it, you think it through. Maybe you consult with someone else to make sure you weren't seeing it wrong. But at the end of the day, you, you got to trust your gut. There's no exact science to scouting as much as we try to. <laughs> You're never going to be 100 percent on it, unfortunately. What do you look for when you when you're seeing when you're scouting someone? What are you kind of looking for? Or is there assignments on those sheets that you get from the higher ups that tell you, "Hey, this is what we're kind of looking to see. Tell us if this is what happens." Or is there something that they really like about? Obviously, they have items they like about both of you guys. But is there a Trent Pennington specialty that they like, or the Kevin Tiller eye catches something a little bit different than the other eye? Like, what what are you, what are you looking for when you look for a player? It's funny. I think every scout has like their type of player like prototype um i think for me just generally speaking when i go watch the scouting we already know kind of x player does this well this skill set well and so my mindset is if that skill set was taken away defense played really good you know defense on him whatever what else does he do to affect the game to help winning and that's kind of how i judge a player of how um how much the game will translate over because i say a really good score in college may come to our team is not going to need to be scored as much so can he rebound? Can he think the game? Is he have IQ? Is he a good teammate? I mean, all the little things. Now, we'll watch pre-practice. I didn't act with the teammates. We'll watch post. We'll watch interviews. Like we'll watch the whole nine yards so that we can see a full body of work of who is this kid in this quick snapshot. So I'll stop there. I'll let the train go. Yeah, in terms of what I look for? Yeah. Um, you know, obviously, we have some core, you know, I guess DNA, if you will, that that we have in Orlando that that we specifically try to hone in on. I think um, individually, though, we all, like KT said, have our own natural things we gravitate towards. Um, I think for me, you know, scouting when you go to a game, obviously during the game you're doing your work, but a lot of your work is is outside of the game, right? It's pregame, it's getting there early, it's talking to people on staffs, it's um, researching, it's watching how guys interact, you know in between timeouts and, and how they do that. So um, I think there's there's work you're doing during the game when you're actually watching these players, but but there's also a lot of work outside of, of the actual contest you're watching. So maybe like in a timeout, you're watching the player and if they kind of are looking around in the crowd and not really paying attention to what coach is doing on the drawing board, is that something that you're paying attention to when you're scouting a player? Sure, I think anything, you know, we're, we're looking at everything. And then uh, the Orlando Magic DNA, are, are you guys going there saying, yes, his wingspan is really this long? <laughs> is, is, is that kind of how that goes about? <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> sorry, that was just, you know, something funny that I thought. But <laughs> maybe not funny. So what comes first, though? Because a lot of players, their skills are very similar when it comes here. So obviously you need skill, but then the attitude comes. How much does that waver in over skill? Are you going to take someone that, it has an undeniable talent and then maybe their attitude isn't there or is attitude weighing in more? I think that's always the the hot question, you know, when it comes to team building. One thing that, you know, Kevin and I always tell ourselves is is these are human beings, right? These aren't machines. They're not perfect people. Um, they're not going to be some, you know, exact person we want them to be always happy and smiling. Like yeah. these these guys, they go through things too, you know, off the floor. So um, attitude and background and personality is always extremely important. Um, it's something that we take very seriously, you know, in Orlando and Osceola. Um, but you know, it's always, it's an ongoing discussion and, and KT, I don't know if you want to add to that. No, nah, to echo everything Trent just said, you know, every situation is case by case, but Trent and I kind of decide when we 
look to bring players into our organization is what players can we we believe we can help affect their life positively and change their life. You know, obviously we want to have talented players to help, you know, bring a good product on the court. Yeah. But we try to get to know what have these guys been through personally and where we can kind of intercede to kind of help grow them as men and teach them the game of basketball off the court, the business of basketball, life outside. And we've seen benefits of having players come and have families, players come and kind of learn how to kind of be more professional. Those are the things we kind of look for when we kind of evaluate talent plus character. So you talk about the relationship you build with those players, trying to help them out, make them become better men, seeing their families around. Some of the players have their families with them when they're over here. How hard is it to break the news to some of those players when you're trading them? Because obviously there's some trades that you want to do on your end just as it is, but then there's trades that you have to do to make your team better. And I mean, at the end of the day, you spend a lot of days, a lot of hours with these people and you build relationships with them. How hard is it to break that news? Because I've never seen it done. I don't want to see it done and I don't want to have to do it. I mean, thankfully for me, you know, I've had great kind of mentors and leaders to to watch do this and learn from, uh, you know, from Anthony Parker, Tunji, and now KT, um, mm-hmm. be in those rooms and see how they handle it. Um, and now being a part of it, it's, it's definitely not the most fun thing to do, but it is our job, right? Like at the end of the day, we do have a job. And I think what I've learned is, is players just want honesty, right? They just mm-hmm. want honesty and, um, you know, not sugarcoating things. And, um, you know, a big thing we always tell players when we have to let them go or trade them is, you know, um, we're always here for you, right? We're, we're always here for you. Um, and so, yeah. Now, what about you? Have you had any really tough ones that you've had to do, Casey, where it's, where it's really hard to go about and you don't want to do it, but obviously you have to. Yeah, I don't think, you know, in my tenure for being a GM, no cut or trade has ever been easy or like as whatever, like all of them have been um, difficult. But at the end of the day, um, you know, obviously we have a job to do. And so main thing we try to focus on is our time with the player and how it's spent and the investment that we have in them so that way it's not transactional. They're obviously, for me, I had to cut you, but there's been a relationship built. Yeah. And the players, because, you know, I think we just had training camp just ended for us. And obviously we had to make cuts and kind of watching guys tear up, cry, you know, be disappointed. And obviously we have to do our jobs, but at the same time, I feel pretty confident in our connectivity with the player and how we helped them develop them and got to know them as people, you know. Um, and so we've kind of emphasized here of building a relationship with our players. Um, so I kind of just lean on that. Yeah, can't be uh, too easy ever. But let's talk about something a little more happy now <laughs> as we've gone off that. So uh, the big thing that we see in the NBA quite often is load management. But in my year and some change in the G League now, I have not seen any player ever require load management, it seems. Or I did see one or two last season. But it, it's very rare. Why do you think that is? I mean, I know we're not playing 82 games. We're playing... Yeah, 50 or so, but it seems as if, as if every player in the G League wants to play every minute of the game, and we're not seeing an influx of injuries like we see in the NBA where players have a lot of injuries, and they say that's why load management is used, is to, you know, help, uh, you know, not have the injuries. So what what's the difference with those players, do you think, with load management? I mean, how often do you get the request bird in the G League? We play a lot of back-to-backs. I don't, I think these players know in the G League that they have a short window 
and it's a lot of talented players in the G League. Um, and a lot of guys are obviously fighting to either return or enter the NBA for the first time. So it's funny, low minutes has never even been a question. And, and plus, the, at least for us, we've been fortunate. The guys we have, they want, they love playing basketball. At the end of the day, yeah. you know, even we talked about sacrifice earlier. We we love what we do. So yeah. to think to not to play, I can't speak for the NBA. I can only speak for the G League team. Um, but our guys love to play, just competitive. I just thought it was really silly. If you really think about it, I mean, you never see it with us. I mean, we know the guys are all fighting for their careers mm -hmm. when they're here in the G League. So that's why you don't see it, but it's just kind of silly because in the NBA, we see it quite often. I don't know how you guys personally feel about the load managers right now. Joe Dumar has been going off quite often about it lately. So I, I'm i more of a person that if an injury isn't really there, then let's play. But I, I understand rest as well. 82 games is a lot. I've never played 82 games. So I've only worked work them, but I've never played them. <laughs> it's a little bit different. Uh, so, so let's talk about the fun parts of your job. What are some fun parts? I know we always talk about how it's strenuous. It's a lot of days. We're on the road quite often. Um, sleepless nights. But what are the fun parts about it? What, what, what happens that makes it so rewarding that you just love it and you're willing to sacrifice a good life for basketball? It's a bit of craziness. I guess you have to be a fan. That's that crazy to be involved in it. I mean, I, sure, I certainly am. I think the most fun for me is... You know, it's fun scouting, being on the road, um, but walking in the gym and seeing our old staff and all of our players together and just seeing, you know, whether it's people getting treatment, getting shots up in the weight room, kind of making your rounds, checking on people. Um, that's the most fun I have. It sounds so simple, but just seeing our guys kind of do what they love to do. And then the most rewarding part and the most fun is, is seeing guys get called up, right? Uh, when guys finally, you know, that's why they're here. Um, is to to go to you know on to do bigger and better things mm -hmm. and and seeing that actually happen and knowing all the hard work and the long days and the long travel and random cities you know across the country um seeing that is is by far the most fun and rewarding part yeah i i can imagine i remember with jay scrub when he got called up last year we were all really excited for him he got converted to a two-way and I mean, that's the goal. Like we said, I, I saw one already happen. So we got a fully guaranteed contract from the Warriors. And I thought, yes, we haven't even started the season yet. How did this, how does this a call up already? This shouldn't, is this considered a call up? The season hasn't even started for us. But what about you, KT? I, I think there's no better feeling than, than being with our players. That, that is by far the funnest part of the job. And not even on the court, it's getting dinner with these guys, getting lunches with these guys, seeing their families, getting to know them. I mean, you think about it, we've, a lot of our guys, we scouted since some of them were in high school. Yeah. They're definitely freshmen of college. And you kind of like write notes, reports, your intel, all these different things. And then to finally get, a, like, you know, you get this player in front of you, you're like, man, I get to know you. I get to like spend time with you, build a relation with you. There's no better. That makes the job worth it, honestly. Um, because you, grow, you, you see these guys grow up. You know, you think we're getting these guys at 23, 24, 25, 26, like, young men yeah you know and they kind of looked at us as like for guidance you know and, and i we feel very fortunate because staff and players kind of put their careers in our hands because they said we're trusting you to come here you know no one's forced to come play for us so they're trusting us and so we take that very seriously so we put on over plan over strategize over emphasize saying things but it's just because we care oh of course that's that's great to hear and i mean i could tell you just from the first practice i went to 
um, you guys have always been so welcoming. Going to practice is so much fun. Going to games are so much fun. Seeing everybody, talking to everyone. And it's so odd because we all see each other all the time. But for some reason, like you said, as soon as you get in the gym, it feels like we haven't seen each other for a while. And it's almost like, oh, we're back at summer camp. But we see each other all the time for whatever reason. It's just such a fun environment. And even with uh, new employees that we get, you know, throughout the year or so, I've been telling them, no, 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 just go ahead, go out there. Kevin is front of the nicest people in the world. This is what you can do. They're they're super inviting. Just go out there, talk to them. This is what you can do at practice. No one's going to be upset with you. You won't get in their way. And yeah, everyone's just been so inviting, so nice since I've been part of the organization. So thank you too for making me feel so welcome and getting to do everything I get to do. And with one final question for both of you. Um, favorite coffee shop in Orlando? Lineage, hands down. Lineage. What part of Orlando is that in? Uh, a few different spots. There's one, uh, East End Market is is pretty close um, to where I live, so I go there quite frequently. Okay, so you're part of the rewards program. They don't have it in, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, I, have you tried pitching it? What's that? Have you tried pitching it? I need it to. That? I need to. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I know a thing or two about managing. <laughs> you should go ahead and have a great coffee rewards program. <laughs> I'll put it together for you. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk. Uh, what about you, KT? What's your favorite food in the area? Favorite food in the area? Wow. Okay. Um, you walk these streets all night, every night. Where's your favorite? Yeah, Fine. Outside of the Sabian. Outside of the Sabian. Everyone. You know, I spoke about it earlier. I like the Robinson a lot. The uh, Robinson. The Robinson like, Cafe. They have a mix of breakfast, coffee, but just the... The ambiance of the other places is fantastic. And it's like perfect location. So it's a good place to kind of have meetings, meet up with people, stuff like that. Very cool. Yeah, I don't I don't know if I have a favorite spot in Orlando yet, as sad as that is. I I, I try, I try, I try, but you know, from Chicago and can't pull it out of me, man. It's, it's food in the world, the pizza. So <laughs> I did have beef dish for the first time. I was in Chicago probably three weeks ago. Yeah, we talked about it. <laughs> which place did you go to? Uh, no idea. Stradano's, <laughs> oh, Uno, Lulalnati, Pequods. It had to be one of those. There's nowhere else you would have gotten for deep fish. I think it's the first one. Giordano's. Like, so it's on the corner? Uh, I mean, Giordano's is ever, you can find it on the corner in Orlando too. So there's Giordano's. It's like the most popular deep dish. So that's why I would. It was across the street from like a big, like mall. Like there's was a grocery store that had like a two story. We're talking about Chicago here. <laughs> <laughs> it's just across the street from some store. Yeah, yeah, yeah my hometown. <laughs> it was just right, right down the street from the shopping center. No, you know, this, this, this grocery store was like unique because they had like an elevator, like a it's two stories. Yeah, it was probably Giordano's. Uh, I'll have to go ahead and make you guys some pizza sometimes. So I'm a cookie person. So I got one shot pizza. Check those days, please. Then he goes, I don't want your pizza. Cookies, coffee, and pizza. They look. We'll make a day out of it. We'll make a day out of it. We'll go. We just can't get cookies and coffee for lunch, and then we'll do something else for middle of the day we'll go golfing we'll go golfing so that will be breakfast and we'll go golfing wait breakfast and then go ahead and knock out the cookies pizza. and coffee for breakfast i am a firm oh, believer yeah i'm a firm believer you could ask my wife but i always say no eat your dessert first because you don't want to ruin your appetite is what if you eat your dinner and then you don't have room for dessert well then you've ruined the entire thing you need to eat your dessert first so that way you made sure you got your dessert in because if you eat too much for dinner, you just cookies always have a uh, <laughs> priority. So, <laughs> what's your birthday, KT? March sixteenth. March sixteenth. We got to mark that down. That's Cookie Day. 
<laughs> it's cookie day. All right. Well, hey, thank you guys. Appreciate it, KT. Appreciate you, Trent. Very fun. Um, yeah. Season's about to tip off. We're going to get a win in Mexico City. Absolutely. It's all right. Thank you. Thank you.